today, Ralph Blumenthal coming on from the New York Times at 6 o'clock. The guy who's been writing about the aliens in the Pentagon. Looking forward to that. Aliens are real. That should make you feel a little bit better about the Steelers since we're all going to die. Right now, though, Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts joins us. And here's what Stu had to say on Friday. Let me be the guy who says it, and then everyone can blame me if the Steelers lose it. I am telling you right now, the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. They have the better team. They have the better skill position players. I think they're going to win, and they're at home. I think the Steelers are going to win this game by 10-plus points. How about that? Damn it, Stu. Sorry. (sighs) (laughs) What about in your own personal record book? Did they win in your own personal record book, though? They did because that was the catch. Like, I don't want to – listen, I watch sports. Sports is a release for me. I don't want to think while I'm watching it, and I certainly don't want to think about whether or not someone caught a football or not when I know that he did. So, um, yeah, my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> Doesn't that just tell you – how close everything is in football where the Steelers go in one second from being the favorite maybe to win it all to, ah, they're not beating the Patriots up in friggin' Foxborough. Yeah, well, that's football. It's funny because Dan and I were talking about that today. Like, we, you know, we don't know what we're watching. We really don't. Outside of the Patriots, which is the only consistent thing in that sport, and the Steelers aren't that far off, by the way. But outside of the Patriots, yeah, all these things come down. You know, to a call here, a play here, a drop ball there, a couple of inches. I mean, it all comes down to the smallest of margins. And because we don't pay attention to, you know, to probably the most important guys in the field, the offensive line and the defensive line, we have no idea what we're watching. We don't know what these games uh, really come down to outside of the Patriots. But then we know what we're watching. We know we're watching a team that's going to be a one or two seed every year in the AFC and and in all likelihood play play in the championship game for a right to go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, it's, it's... the NFL's weird, right? It's like I told Dan today as a Jets fan, and I've been doing this forever. I go into every season, not with expectations. I go into every season saying, all right, maybe we'll get a bounce here or a call there, and if we do, maybe we'll sneak in as a wild card and make a run. Like, that's just the way the NFL is. It's, uh, it's the way it is. But listen, I, I have no doubt. I, I don't know. Based off of that game, right? And that was a frustrating one. Uh, but based off of that game, Pittsburgh going up to, to New England, AFC Championship game. Um, I'm confident that the Steelers, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win that game, but I'm pretty confident that it's going to be a really close game and the Steelers will have a chance to win at the end. Yeah, a lot of Steelers fans feel the same way. A lot of Steelers fans think better about the team than they did going into this game in Pittsburgh, but what I was saying is if you can't beat them... Hey, hey, hey Adam, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm sorry to cut you off. I, I'm here in like programming. Oh, you're here, you're here in programming? There we go. It's going? Sorry about that. No, it's... It's all Joe's fault. I was hearing something about a pepperoni roll or something like that. Ah, Kogo's. Two for six bucks. <laughs> Listen, that is radio right there when you have memorized the uh, commercials, the deal, all of it. That, you are radio, my friend. I know. Isn't it sad? Uh, no, it's fun. no, I am too. It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I have every spot on our station and our network memorized. It's crazy. I, I guess where I left off, I said uh, I, could see, you know, I, could, I could see the Steelers with a chance to win the game, you know, AFC Championship game at the end. That's what people around here think, Stu. They think that they've got a chance. But what I'm thinking is when you've got the ball with 352 at home, up five with a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't win that one? Uh, 
It's over. It's done. I threw my hat across the room. I don't get emotional at all when I watch these games anymore. I threw my hat across the room when Ben Roethlisberger's pass was intercepted. We're not used to that happening against New England. Usually it's just they blow them out. But this time it hurt even more. It was like Indiana Jones getting your heart ripped out. No, I know, but I'm glad you brought up the up five. With what, what, How much time was left? 538 or something to go? 352. Or 352. Okay, because you're right. We talked about this on Monday. Like, I can't stand this about NFL coaches, and it's what separates Belichick, I think, uh, from the rest of the coaches of the NFL. Um, you're up five. You get a chance to put the Patriots out. You get a chance to end the game. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback with two Super Bowls. You got, you know, Brown. I guess he was hurt, but you got Le'Veon Bell. Offense is moving the ball. You have a chance to end that game right there. And the conservative play calling from all of these coaches, including Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, who is so focused on getting his team out of every stadium alive, might want to help his team get out of his own stadium alive and not call like such just bland plays when you've got a hall. Like, trust your quarterback there, your Hall of Fame two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Trust him to make the plays that are going to end that game because I promise you, if the Patriots were up five with three you know, three minutes of change to go, they would have put the ball in Brady's hands, and Brady would have ended that game. And I don't understand. Tomlin, they teach toughness. They teach don't cave in in the big moment, right? That's all the stuff that these coaches preach and they teach. And then what happens? In the biggest of moments, biggest game of the year, who shrivels up? It's Mike Tomlin. Not the players. It's Mike Tomlin and his play calling. And that just drives me crazy. So you're saying Tomlin blinked? Yeah, yes, he blinked. Yes, he blinked. Yes, the guy who says, don't oh, blink, yes. And there were no splash plays, none of that. No splash plays. Just conservative, conservative, conservative. Tom Brady, here's the ball. And it's funny, Adam, I'll tell you. I told my daughter, because that first pass by Brady should have been intercepted. It wasn't. Ugh. And when it wasn't, I told my daughter, who one of you know, twin 13-year-olds, one of them's really into sports, I said, Rachel, turn around and watch the end of this game. And she said, why? And I said, Tom Brady's going to march him right down the field. That's what the best quarterback, of, uh, the greatest quarterbacks of all time do. They march their team right down the field. And lo and behold, Gronk, 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 touchdown. And then I told her, because it was very un-Brady-like, that they left so much time on the clock for Roethlisberger. I said, hey, the other guy's a Hall of Famer, too. Watch this. He's going to march him right back down the field. And he did. And then they had the blown call at the end. I guess it wasn't a blown call, but a bad rule at the end. And then. Uh, the inexplicable interception where he just has to throw it in the stands in that spot. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, no one here knows what he was thinking, and that's why the hat wound up going across the room. Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard <laughs> Show with Stu Gotts joining me here on the Crowley Show. We've been talking about aliens today, Stu, because yeah. of everything going on with the Pentagon, and Rob Gronkowski's not human, right? I mean, what the bleep do you do to cover this guy? He's six foot seven. He's however much he weighs. He doesn't look like a normal human should look. He, he's He's not shaped like a regular guy. No, he's not. He's he's uh, he's an alien, and I'm looking forward. I, in fact, I'm going to tune in live to your show at six o'clock today because I want to hear this guy from the side talk about aliens. That's that's a good job by you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Gronk, yes, like Gronk, and maybe he'll be able to explain Gronk in a way that I can't because I can't explain him because you're right. He's he's absolutely an alien. I, I'm wondering, are people? Because you look at the Thomas Davis hit from the Carolina Panthers, who got two games, and I had no problem <laughs> with him getting two games. But how does Gronk not get two games? And I'm telling you. I think the reason is the NFL, because what Gronk did was far worse. I mean, the guy was laying on the ground defenseless. The play was over, and Gronk just rammed his, you know, his entire body into him. What Thomas Davis did at least happened during the, the course of play. It was bad, but it happened during the course of play. Like, I'm, is, are Pittsburgh fans mad? Like, that conspiracy stuff where the NFL wanted Gronk to be active for that Steelers game because it was such a big game for CBS and for the NFL? I'm wondering if 
if Pittsburgh fans are buying into that kind of conspiracy theory right now. Oh, Pittsburgh fans are pissed about a lot of things today. Uh, that is definitely one of them. They win the game if Rob Gronkowski's not on the field. There's no question about it. And then Steelers fans think if they win that game, the Patriots then might have to play three games prior to going to the Super Bowl. They've never done that before, so the hope was they wind up winning the game and not having to play New England. So while you figured he'd be back for the AFC Championship game, <laughs> Steelers fans are hoping maybe there would be no AFC Championship game against those guys. Right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of fascinating. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Roethlisberger and Tomlin and all those guys probably want to be the Patriots at full strength. I'm guessing the fans do too. But, yeah, it's like not having Gronk there. I, now, now you could say, "Hey, I want to be in a full strength," but they lost Rex Burkhead. You lost Antonio Brown. Like, there's that. Right. Brown should not have been playing in that game. That's 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 just it. It should have been a three or four game suspension that's appealed and gets knocked down to two games. But it's pretty obvious that they wanted them. Uh, they wanted them playing playing in that game. It, it's funny, right? Because you know we're sitting here talking at him, and I'm wondering, like, have you done the like? Have you tried to count this out? Like, how many Super Bowls you have two with Roethlisberger? Uh, how many Super Bowls do you think? The Steelers win if Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots never happen. Like if they just if they just don't exist, if that never happens, what do you think? You've won four or five Super Bowls if you if you don't have to deal with Brady and Belichick? Yeah, I think so. I think they probably win in 01, although Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, so that was kind of a dice roll there. They right. probably win in 04, Ben's rookie year, where they were fifteen and one. Although <laughs> you know all about that year with the Jets in the divisional yep. round. So yep. maybe not, because Ben wasn't playing great. But uh, you could at least say they're going to win one more at least, right? Uh, I would say probably, yeah, I would say at least one, probably two or three, um, which is just, I mean, listen, the Jets, it doesn't matter. The Jets would still have zero. Um, but for your team, yeah, <laughs> you would, you would, yeah, I'm guessing you'd tack on another two or three if, if Brady and Belichick simply <laughs> did not exist. Do you like um, how seriously I approach that answer, though? Why wouldn't yes, I just, why wouldn't I just yes. say three? Why not just say three? You know what? They'd have you, three more. You should have said, like, seven. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you broke it down like that. I was trying. <laughs> yes. I, I, you know, I kind of lobbed it up to you, you to, to slam it home. And you really, like, you bro- the guy who's having a, a, a an alien expert on it six, <laughs> where he wants to get serious, is breaking down how many <laughs> Super Bowls the Steelers would have had if Brady wasn't around. <laughs> oh, man. I just, they got in my head, man. Those Patriots got in my head. And I know, listen, I know, man. They've been in my head for 15 years. I'm a Jets fan. I got to face them two times a year. Like, I know. I feel, listen, I feel awful for you. I feel awful for the city. I feel awful for the fans. And again, you could, you could, you could turn all your anger towards me because I'm the one who predicted that they win by double digits. So it's, it's on me. It's not on you. Because I hate when people do that. Like, I hate when people tell me, oh, this is the year the Jets are going to beat the Patriots, and the Patriots win by 40. So it's on me, man. I know how you feel. Trust me. No one knows better how you and the city of Pittsburgh feels than me. I have to face that team two times a year. The only difference is you thought the Steelers would win, and nobody in the city of Pittsburgh thought they had a chance. And then you lifted their spirits. You got them all excited. You made them believe. You made them believe. I know, but, but I'll be honest with you. Had you asked me that same question and I was doing the interview in Boston, I would have told you the Patriots would have won. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're good like that. You're good like that. Uh, Stu, a funny thing. On Friday, uh, after you came on, my producer said, do you want Stu's number so that you can just text him and try to figure stuff out on Monday? And I said, yeah, sure. I said, but you might want to give it to me on Monday because if you give it to me Friday, I'm going to get hammered. And then when watching the game, I'm going to text them if things start going bad. So <laughs> I probably texted you more than you wanted me to anyhow. But had I been intoxicated over the weekend, that's the last thing you would have wanted. 
No, see, I would have I would have appreciated those texts as it was unfolding, as the game was going on. Um, so so now you have my number, and I'd appreciate. Like I I, I would like to see how you are. Take me through your emotional range uh, watching a Steelers game. Like, feel free. Just fire away with text. Don't worry about it. We're good, okay? Very good. Yeah, I'll paint you a word picture from Sunday. I was very happy for 58 minutes of that football game. And when Juju Smith-Schuster is running down the field, and I thought it was very appropriate. I even tweeted this out. 69-yard reception by Juju, kind of just to throw it in the face of Rob Gronkowski. And I'm jumping up and down with my producer. And, I mean, it got somewhat romantic. And then the hat went across the room when the interception was thrown, and it was just, it was terrible. Right, did he? So you watched the game with your producer. That's interesting. Did you guys hug it out? Like, what was going on there? Was there was there hugging going on? Like, what? Like, take me through that. What happened? Uh, borderline inappropriate. Uh, I mean, okay. Yeah, I think our shirts rode up a little bit, so there might have been some belly on belly touching uh, with us jumping mm-hmm. up and down. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe a moon landing situation happened. It was a it was right. it was a little it was a little perverse, and then, well, then all the bad words came out. Yeah, so I'm wondering, but had they had they won the game, like what happens there? Did, did, did the two of you like like a scene out of Rocky Three? Do you guys like run on the, like do you put your high you know, your tube socks on, pull them up to your knees, and <laughs> you run into the ocean together, hugging each other with slow music? How does that work? Well, this is Pittsburgh, so we just would have dumped into the snowbank in the uh, in the parking <laughs> lot, but it would have been very similar to that. Uh, hey, Stu, what uh, was the, what was the most frustrating part for you? Like uh, of all the frustrating things that happened in that game. Uh, the catch that wasn't a catch. Tomlin, uh, not, you know, not trying to put the game away, uh, up five with three plus minutes to go. Uh, the Roethlisberger interception. What, like, what was the one thing where <laughs> I'm trying to identify when you and your producer were at your lowest moment in your living room watching the game? Well, lowest moment was the end, but it right. was, it was like you whenever you turned around to your daughter. It was when Sean Davis dropped the interception and we've seen that movie before. Uh, you knew right. Brady was going to lead him down. Right. You knew right then and there. That's why I told my daughter, turn around, watch this. You're going to take it right down the field. Like, you have one chance to pick that ball off and end, and end the game, right? And when you don't, uh, you know it's going to happen. Like, you're sitting there watching the final three minutes, and it doesn't matter what happens. You know eventually what the outcome is going to be, and the outcome sucks. And that's the worst part about playing the Patriots. Yeah, it blows, and it's yeah. it's why it's why alcohol was invented. Uh, Stu, <laughs> uh, appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for uh, for spending time with us again here for the uh, a couple times in the last couple of shows. It means a lot. No, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and uh, and I'm serious. Like, text me during the weekend. I want to see I want to see how you are during these games. Okay, will do, man. Thanks a lot. All right, and let's do it again before the AFC Championship uh, game. Let's do it again because I have the Steelers winning that game by 20. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Stu Gotts, Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. Thanks again, man. All right, you got it, man. Oh, oh, I love that guy. I really do. I kind of a man crush on him. Let's be real here. Let's be real, man. I, I listen to their show every single day. I fall asleep to their show all the time. He seems like he's a great guy. He gets radio, obviously. Much better than I am. One day, maybe. Fingers crossed. Man, you're glowing. I know. Like, you went out with a, on a first date with your love, but this is like a second date, and you think it might be the real thing? Uh, like, that's the kind of glow you got. <laughs> Brian, this was the third date. Oh, my apologies. We talked back in training camp. I'm sorry. This relationship is moving so fast, I can't keep up with I it. I know. I know. These are a hot, a hot item. Hot and heavy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry.
Sorry. <sighs> <laughs>